Chapter Five of the Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emma Charlotte. The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun by Catulla Mendes, translated by Thomas John Tree Vivian, eighteen fifty-five to nineteen twenty-five. Chapter 5 There was once another kingdom in which no mirror could be found. All looking-glasses, those to be hung upon the wall, those to be held in the hand, and those that had been formerly carried at the girdle, all had been broken to atoms by the order of the queen. The discovery of the smallest looking-glass, or the smallest piece of a looking-glass, in any house, meant the punishment of those who owned it, with the most fearful pains. The reason for this most extraordinary state of affairs was as follows. Ugly, so ugly that the most hideous monsters seemed charming beside her. The queen not only wished never to see herself, but was also determined that no one else should have the chance of finding out how pretty his or her face was when compared with that of her own. You may easily believe that these laws by no means satisfied the girls and young women of that country. Of what use was it to have beautiful eyes, a mouth as fresh as roses, or to put flowers in your hair, if you could not see how all these things looked? You could not even admire yourself in a stream or in a lake, for all the rivers and ponds had been covered over with closely fitting slabs of stone. Water was drawn from wells so deep that no one could see their liquid surface, and kept in dark, flat dishes, in which there was no reflection. The people of that kingdom were, in fact, in despair, especially those who were vain. And there were vain persons in that country as well as there are in this. All of this pleased the queen, who was happy to know that her subjects were as much dissatisfied at not being able to see themselves as she was furious whenever she caught a glimpse of her own hideous face. It happened, however, that in a certain suburb of the royal city, there was a young girl called Jacintha, who was less disturbed than many of the others about the looking-glass law, because of a sweetheart whom she had. When someone finds you pretty, and is always telling you so, there is no need of a mirror. Now tell me truly, she would say, the colour of my eyes does not displease you. They are like forget-me-nots in each of which has fallen a drop of clear amber, her lover would reply. I have not a dark skin. Your forehead is purer than snow, and your cheeks are like pale roses. What do you think of my mouth? she went on. It is like a ripe raspberry. And my teeth, if you please. They are like grains of rice, said the youth. And what about my ears? Have I any cause to be unhappy about them? 
Yes, he replied, if one need be uneasy about having two little pink shells nestling against her hair. So they talked, she charmed to listen, and he to see and speak. One day he asked her to marry him, and she blushed and consented. Unfortunately, the news of the coming marriage reached the ears of the wicked queen, whose sole pleasure it was to destroy the happiness of others. And Jacintha, being prettier than anyone else, was hated all the more for it. Some days before the wedding, Jacintha was walking in her mother's orchard, when an old hag drew near and asked for alms, and then started back with a cry, as though she had trodden upon a toad. Heaven preserve us, screamed the old hag. What do I see? Why do you cry out, and what have you seen, my good woman? asked Jacintha. What do I see? said the bell dame. Why, the ugliest thing on earth. Then you certainly do not mean me, said Jacintha, smiling. Alas, yes, my poor child, I do mean you. I have been long in this world, but never yet have I met with anyone so frightful as you are. I frightful, exclaimed Jacintha. A hundred times more so than I can describe. What do you mean by saying such things, said the girl, half crying. Look at my eyes. They are mud-coloured, said the hag. But that would not matter so much if you had not such a horrible squint. My skin. From its appearance I should say that you had been rubbing charcoal on your cheeks and forehead. My mouth, stammered poor Jacintha. It is as colourless as a faded flower of autumn, said the wretched old woman. My teeth. If great yellow fangs are lovely teeth, then I never saw any lovelier than yours. At least my ears, Jacintha began. Your ears are so big, red and hairy, interrupted the crone, that I shudder to look at them. And I know that I am not pretty to look at myself, but I think I should die of shame if I had a mouth like that. Upon this the hag, who was a wicked fairy, and consequently a friend of the wicked queen, trotted off with a burst of mocking laughter, while Jacintha dropped weeping upon a seat underneath the apple trees. Nothing could turn Jacintha from grieving over her affliction. I am ugly. I am ugly, she unceasingly cried. It was in vain that her lover assured her to the contrary. Leave me, she begged. You are not telling me the truth just because you pity me. That poor old woman had no interest in deceiving me. It is true, I am ugly, I know it. To set her right, he brought a number of his friends to her house every one of whom told Jacintha that it was a pleasure to look upon her. All this, however, was of no use. She insisted that they only said so to soothe her, and that she knew she was a fright. Then the youth asked her to fix the day of their marriage. I become your wife, she cried. Never, 
I think too tenderly of you to make you a present of such a shocking-looking thing as I am. Driven to his wit's end, the young man saw that the only way to undo the evil which the hag had done was to get a mirror to show Jacintha the truth. But where could a mirror be found? There was not one in the whole kingdom. And the terror of the queen was such that no workman could be induced to make one. To the court, then, cried the youth. Cruel as our queen is, she cannot fail to be moved by my tears and by Jacintha's beauty. If it is only for a few hours, she will withdraw this cruel law, from which all our griefs have come, and let me show Jacintha the true picture of her own lovely face. It was not without much trouble that the girl could be prevailed upon to go to the palace, but at last she consented. "'What is it? What is it?' asked the wicked queen, in her shrill, harsh voice. "'Who are these people, and what do they wish? Someone tell me, and tell me quickly.' "'Your Majesty,' replied the youth, you have before you the most unhappy of lovers. Well, I must say that is indeed a good reason for coming to me, sneered the queen. Do not be pitiless, pleaded the young man. Why, what have I to do with your trouble, snarled the queen. If you would only permit me to have a mirror, the youth began. At these words the queen rose, trembling with anger. You have dared to speak to me of mirrors, she cried, grinding her teeth. Don't be angry, your majesty, begged the youth. Deign to hear me. This young girl whom you see before you, so fresh and beautiful, has fallen into a most singular error. She imagines that she is ugly. So she is, shouted the queen, with a ferocious laugh. For, I must say, I don't think I ever saw so odious an object. At these words, Jacintha nearly died with grief. It was not possible now to doubt any longer, since both the queen and the beggar woman had said precisely the same thing. Slowly she closed her eyes and then fell fainting upon the steps of the throne. Furious with rage at the queen's cruelty, the youth cried out loudly that her majesty was insane, unless she had some reason for lying so. He had no time to add another word before the guards threw themselves upon him and bound him. The queen gave a sign, and the executioner, who was always kept at the side of the throne, advanced towards the youth. Do your duty, screamed the queen, pointing to the unfortunate young man who had insulted her. Cut his head off before I count three. The executioner quietly drew his bright sword, when Jacintha feebly beat the air with her hands, and opened her eyes. At that instant, two different cries were heard. One, a cry of joy. For in the polished, naked steel, Jacintha saw herself, and saw that she was sweetly pretty. The other, a cry of agony. 
because the wicked queen broke her heart with shame and rage at seeing her foul face reflected in the truthful mirror of the gleaming sword, side by side with that of the lovely Jacintha. End of chapter 5 Recording by Emma Charlotte